Hey weirdos, I'm Hannah Sainty and welcome to the Your Weird Podcast, the place that talks to creatives, artists and people living their best lives about how they do what they do, why they do what they do and how being a bit weird is a superpower. If robots are taking all our jobs, we better figure out how to harness the one thing that they can't do, be creative. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Your Weird Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, I've got an episode for you today, which is a spotlight on an artist. And today's artist is really interesting. Not only does she do visual art, but she's actually a cheeky scientist as well. She is a physics PhD student and she's currently doing that PhD with the Australian National University, working as a part of the ARC Centre of Excellence for Dark Matter Particle Physics. So she got her degree in physics from the University of New South Wales in Australia but she also completed a bachelor degree of fine arts as well. So what she's doing is she is exploring art and science. So no longer is it art versing science, it is art working alongside science, which is such a beautiful thing. She's exploring the interconnectedness of those two uh, elements in her work. And she's using the concepts and theories that she's exploring in physics to inform her artwork, which is really interesting because we talk about her taking a break from scientific thinking to go and be creative. But by the same token, by being creative, it's helping her to make sense of the scientific thinking. Not only that, but then she goes and folds that in on herself. So she's posting up a lot of her artwork and the theories behind what has influenced it. And she's using that as a way to educate the public about the universe. Like what a crazy thing for us to learn about where we live in this universe and this crazy, crazy vibrational space and time that we live in. Really cool. We had a lot of fun doing this chat. We recorded it in St Kilda in Melbourne and she flew down from Canberra to do it, which I felt so honoured that she did. And we had a really good time. There's a lot of content that we discuss in here about using art as a way to understand your own brain or just to take a break, but also the idea of putting your artwork out there or one side of your thinking into a field where it normally isn't so aligned or there aren't a lot of people doing it. So obviously, you know, scientists hanging out with a bunch of arts community people or someone who is in the arts and, you know, a forward-thinking artist hanging out in the science community. It's really interesting and really lovely to be able to see those two ideas converging. And we are starting to see a lot more of that happen now and it's really brilliant and I feel really honoured that I got to interview someone who is at the forefront of doing that. So my guest today is a fantastic artist and I do hope that you go and follow all of her socials afterwards because she's definitely someone to watch. And let me know what you think. Let me know if you've got any messages for her. Let me know if she inspires you. Let me know if you do her homework at the end. Don't forget to listen out for that. Please enjoy my interview with Ragda. Hi, Ragda. Hi, Anna. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. I'm really, really <laughs> excited to meet you. I'm really glad to be here. Yeah. I have checked out some of your work online and it's really beautiful. It's very engaging and it's very awe-inspiring. Like I'm very curious. I'm very, very curious about, tell us about your work. Tell us why you've started doing this sort of work and and how you came to, to bring art and science together. Yeah. So um, I think I started when I was a little bit younger. So my mother was very artsy and we did a lot of art at school and at home. And that's something that I've carried through with me through high school. And I had an art teacher who was like very engaging and very supportive. 
and he was a great mentor and he would always answer my questions at lunch and recess. And so that's something that I stayed with me for a very long time. And likewise, about middle high school, um, you know, I've always enjoyed science, but it was about mid high school that we did like a physics or an astronomy unit. And I thought, oh, this is, this is really exciting, really amazing. So in year 10, I went and did my uh, work experience at the observatory and I loved Way. it. So, and I thought I'm going to work here one day. Mm-hmm. So I kind of was interested in art and science like separately from like when I was younger from about high school and that's something that's carried through and then I was very very lucky in that the University of New South Wales had in that period rolled out this dual degree of fine arts and science beautiful which was like my two passions Mm -hmm. so I thought this is perfect this is amazing in my home city I can go and study both of them at the same time so that's what I ended up doing Um, and so initially it started out as like separate interests I wanted to do art separately on its own and then I wanted to do science separately on its own. Um, But then while I was at university, so I was doing my fine arts degree and my physics degree, I found that like during my art classes, I was just naturally drawn to wanting to represent like scientific processes or scientific ideas, scientific thoughts. And it's just something that's, I kept coming back to. So, you know, we do like an, I don't know, we do like an assessment on futures that would be like the assessment theme. I'd be like, why don't I explore the futures of the universe? Like what's going to happen at the end of the lifetime of the universe? Yeah. Like the big rip and all that sort of stuff. So it's just something that naturally, I sort of didn't plan for it. It's sort of just as I was doing these art classes, I just thought, oh, that thing that I'm learning about or the scientific thought process, it was just naturally coming into my practice a lot. So I think that's sort of where it started. And then I eventually decided to sort of like keep pursuing that and keep trying to combine science and art because that's sort of what was the most exciting for me. It felt like a challenge. Like how do I represent a scientific idea? And I've struggled a lot actually with that process of figuring out how I want to do that. So that was actually a big challenge for me. So that's sort of like a synopsis of how I got into it. It sort of just naturally happened because I was interested in both yeah, you'll find it they were kind yeah. of influencing each other. Yeah, did, yeah, you, yeah. did you find that when you were looking at a lot of your scientific theories and such, you were kind of seeing them in an artistic in an artistic manner to understand the idea a little bit more in a detailed manner? I think so. I think I would often try and visualise things, mm-hmm. like processes or, or things that were I was learning about or like really dig into them deeply or try and understand them a little bit more beyond what they were taught in the classroom. Because I, I think that's maybe something that comes from the art that's sort of like research-based. You want to unpack an idea. You want to understand it fully. You want to explore it. You want to make sure that you figured out every little part of it. So I did see a little bit of that um, in, come through in the science. Mm. Um, but I think it was mostly the art that was like really affected by my scientific yeah, like beautiful. Knowledge. Yeah. And so you mentioned that obviously there was a challenge. Mm. So you were finding the challenge of how to, com- how to translate the idea into the art. You're finding mm. the challenge to uh, sort of bring – I'm interested as well, like, in, in terms of the scientific community that you would be around, like, you know, be it students or lecturers and that, how how they perceive art and if they see that mm. as um, a really important aspect to educating the wider public and, you know, educating themselves and helping to convey ideas and explore concepts. Yeah. I think there was a little bit of both. So – I think in terms of community, like I've actually seen this in both art and science. Okay. So this is 
this is one of the things that I was struggling with is I, I, feel, I felt like going in, I wanted to do this thing. I was drawn to doing this thing, but I just didn't know how to do it. Yeah. And I felt like there were definitely lots of different artists who were starting to work in that space. But I still felt like I I just couldn't decide what was the right like what was the right way to do it. Mm. And in both art and, and science, I've had like most a lot of people are supportive of like the intersection and they find it really, really interesting. Like there are a lot of scientists who think it's really cool and, and really like amazing. But I have met some who don't and who maybe have had like um, and a negative perceptions of like contemporary art. I don't mm. think it's, um, you know, a- as useful or as good or as important as some other forms of art. And so I actually found myself, like there were certain people who I would talk to about my art and science, but I found myself in generally in the scientific community when I was an undergraduate. I wouldn't talk about my art with them. Yeah. So okay. I wouldn't talk about my art with them. I wouldn't talk about my art processes with them. It was sort of like this other part of me, this other side of my life that I just thought, oh, this is like precious and I, I just want to keep it in the art studio and talk to my like art, te- art teachers about. And maybe I was also like a little bit worried about like the perception of. Yes, whether they'd like take you seriously yeah, or, or think you're airy-fairy or, or something. You know, <laughs> yeah, something. But I mean, like definitely in post-grad, now that I'm doing, I'm a PhD student, um, I've definitely been more open about it. Like I've done a lot of science art outreach as part of the Center of Excellence that I'm I'm a student in. Um, and so it's definitely less of something that I'm like hiding. I'm very sort of like, my, my website is about art and science. My Instagram is about art and science. So yeah. Everything's sort of like, oh, I do art and science. You know, come look at my stuff. It's cool. Um, but likewise with the art, like, again, there were a lot of art teachers who were very supportive and thought it was a really cool intersection. Sometimes like I would go up and present about an artist who is using science or technology in their work as part of a presentation. And then I'd have like a student say, well, this this work doesn't explain the science to me very well, or I can't understand the science behind it. So is it really a good work? Like, what's the point of it? Mm. Which I thought was really interesting because it seemed to me like for some people there was this expectation that if you were going to make art about science, it had to have this element of like pedagogy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that maybe we didn't necessarily expect from other like other subsets of art yes this makes a lot of sense yeah and I so I thought that was really interesting in that it was expected to be like science communication and that's something that I struggled with a lot that actually really affected my practice because I I was already struggling to figure out like how how do I want to combine this like what's my style Mm. what kind of thing do I want to be like exploring in my practice um, but then on top of that, because of my science background and because I, I ended up also being a tour guide at Sydney Observatory when... You did it. I, yeah, I did yeah. it. <laughs> it was my first ever job. So it was like, dreams do come true. Oh my God, I love that. So because yeah. I think I had this background in like science outreach or communication um, and so I, I thought, I think I was sort of becoming really worried about perfect representations of yes. science and the art. And that was one of the mo- my most major challenges challenges during art school, because I could just not let go of this perception of like the perfect way to represent a scientific idea in my art, and this really got to me all throughout my 
my practice. How did it show up specifically, like that sort of resistance of like, how yeah. am I going to express this idea? Was that showing up as you being sort of anxious, staring at a blank canvas or like, what did it actually look like and feel like? It looked like making a lot of bad artwork. It's <laughs> 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 really bad. Or not making anything at, at all. all. Yeah. Like I actually got to, this is, I got to a point in my, in my art degree where I literally said to myself, I'm not going to explore science anymore. Oh. Because I'm a sci- I thought because I was a scientist, I was studying to be a scientist, and because of the way that I thought and this, this like need to because I know the science, the need to really represent it really well. Yes, I thought that was my downfall, and I was like, maybe scientists can't be artists. Like maybe <laughs> I better leave this to you know artists who don't have this deep background. So maybe they don't, they're not as anxious as me to represent it perfectly. Yeah, and so I. Yeah, I went through like periods where I was like, no, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not going to, I'm going to like go and make some other art. Yeah. You know, I'm going like, to make this is this just my hobby. It's something important. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to stop exploring science and art. This is not going to work out for me. Um, so I start, and all of my art, like a lot of my art teachers were trying really hard to get me to just, just really focus on the art, like art itself instead of on the science. Yes. And, I, I really struggled and I literally even <laughs> this one teacher like was staring at blank canvas literally he one time he he was doing I think my third or fourth year he literally said wrap it just just drop some paint on the canvas like just do something just, <laughs> just you know you can't keep getting stuck on you know do I have this do I have this do I have these numbers do I put this like graph somewhere in 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 my art and he literally said to me he was like if people want to know about the science they can go read the scientific paper when you're in the art studio, you're an artist. This is how you have to approach it, you know? And that was that was really helpful. And he literally, like, literally one day was like, just just get your canvas or your paper and just drop some paint. Like, just do something. Experiment. Yes. Try something. So I was just very sort of like analysis paralysis. Yeah. All the time. And I was like, oh, my God. And it has to be perfect. And I have to find the one way, the good one good way to represent this. And you know, does it have to communicate the science really, really well? And if it's not well communicated, then have I failed? Is this a failure? Yes. Is this a failed project? It's really interesting because as you're, as you're talking, like you're talking about, you know, the, the sides of yourself that's, you know, following science and mm. the other side that's following art. But that's also like the different hemispheres of the brain colliding. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of like trying to work <laughs> in harmony, they're like, I'm more important. I'm more important. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. So was it when that teacher said that to you, was that kind of like that moment that just kind of made you start moving, it started to get like, you I know, the scene so. train moving? Yeah. I think um, the work that I made in that class was sort of the beginning of what I'm making now. Okay. And I think it took me a while throughout my degree to get to that point of letting go. I had a lot of things, I had a lot of thoughts and perceptions about my art and the way that it was supposed to be made. Yes. That I had to let go of. And also like perceptions of like artists and science or like scientists and art. You mm. know, and all of those things that I was I wasn't hearing all the time because like, you know, a lot of people are now really interested in the intersection. But every now and then you'd hear that comment of like from this person, oh, this is not really cool. Or, this is not really interesting. Or like art is useless. Oh, it doesn't contribute hurts anything to that. <laughs> you know, um, or the art, you know, the art colleague or student who's sort of like, hmm, I don't get this or I don't understand the art. You know, by the way, just, just so that everyone knows, I'm doing my PhD. I don't always understand the science. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> what do you mean? You don't have all of the answers to the universe? Like, don't expect one artwork to explain all of science to you. Like, it's not going to happen. <laughs> no. But, yeah, so it was, it was a little bit of a struggle and I had to let go of a lot of things. To even just let myself make work. Yes, yes. This is like one of those things. This is, I think, it's really important to talk about yeah. these sorts of things because it doesn't matter whether you're doing science or you just got another job or you're like you've got a big family or something. Mm. You like, there's always something else that you think you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Or if you're going to do this, you're like, it <laughs> has to be worthwhile. Yeah. It has to be perfect, mm. and it has to be in servitude of someone else. Yeah. Instead <laughs> of going, this is the exploration of myself and my mind. Yeah. And my interests. And then at some point in time, hopefully someone might actually resonate with it. Yeah. Because I don't know why these people are saying to you, it's not explaining the art. Art is supposed to instigate a thought. Yeah. Yeah. If you, yeah, like what your teacher said. <laughs> absolutely. Like, who's going there like, oh, this splatter painting hasn't told me about quantum theory. What do you mean? <laughs> That's not how art works. I mean, it could work like that. I don't know. But yes, it was, it was, and there was definitely a lot of thoughts as well because I did a painting degree. But some of my okay. art role models um, were sort of working a lot more with, like, technologies or physical Ooh. things. Yes. Or, like, sound. Or they were making these installation spaces that I, yeah. like, like Ryoji Akaida, really, really love. So I also had, at some point, a thought of, like, have I picked the wrong, uh, the wrong major? Because a lot of the science or technology stuff that's being made... Um, sometimes it's really aligning with something else. Mm. It's like, oh, me as a painter, how can I represent this? Um, and, like, the way that I ended up doing it is through abstract art. Yes. So the things that I make are quite they're, – they're inspired or influenced by the science. So mm-hmm. I have a reason why I've placed this this way or I have this element in, in the painting. But it ended up being a little bit more abstract. Um, and that's also something that I had to sort of um, – explore mm. because again I was sometimes hearing those comments of like you know contemporary or abstract art is useless or it doesn't oh this and that and and for a lot of people who like growing up in in for, for a while in our society like the two fields are made to be really separate yes. when you're in a really young age yeah which is not cool and you know spontaneity and like abstractness sometimes seen as not scientific so I also struggled a little bit with like if I'm making abstract work does that really fit within the theme of science that I'm trying to explore um so I also eventually had to sort of just be like but I this is how I think I want to represent these through forms and colors and shapes Hmm. I think that's like what I've arrived at as my way of representing the scientific idea um and I think it's since that sort of like this final years when I had those really good teachers who were trying to help me and since graduating my art degree and then like continuing to do science through my PhD, I think it has gotten easier over time. Yeah. I think to like make work in my own time, on my own, inspired by the physics and just, just really like representing what I want to say got a little bit easier as I you know, move through those final stages of my degree. Through that consistent practice. Yes. And just be like, do you know what? This is valid. This is okay. This is what I like. This is what I want to do. And this is my interpretation of this thing. I think this is the biggest thing, just being like, it's okay. This is my interpretation of the scientific concept. And it doesn't have to be one way over another. It's just how I want to do it right now. Absolutely. And that's okay. And that's the best because every person is going to read it differently yeah, as yeah. well. That's fantastic. How did you um how did you find 
that, that those moments when you started to share the works, mm. was there resistance upon like sharing yes. it as well? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about that. I still that. do. Like, oh, I really? still do that. Okay. I think, I think a part of me sometimes, I mean, I feel like with any creative, whatever the medium, mm-hmm. painting, drawing, writing, wh- whatever it is, I think there's always going to be an element of like, this is what I really like and I'm, this is a representation of, of my idea or my perception of something. Yes. But there is always a little bit of worry of like, you want to put it out there. It's like, oh, what if, you know, this other person doesn't get it or they don't appreciate it or et cetera. So there is a little bit of that still, which I'm I'm trying to work through. <laughs> sort of trying like, to please the masses I'm instead of your to, audience. I'm yeah. just trying to be like, do you, no, just, just post that. It's okay. Just put it on your website. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I think part of the way that I've managed that is now I create so the final, one of the final things that I did was like this dark energy painting. Mm. But because I was so interested in science communication and like education as well in, in terms of my art, I have tried to incorporate, incorporate that a little bit. Okay. So I have, I made these like sci art bites, which is just like little, you know, explanations behind the scientific concept that I was trying to um, represent, which I like on my website, on my Instagram and then I've also, alongside those, created, like, little videos with just, like, text, moving text of, like, what the scientific idea was supposed to be. So, and I put those on, on as well on my social media. So, right now I'm going for, like, this is my representation of this scientific concept. But also this is a little bit of information about what it actually is. Yeah. And what I was trying to represent. Yeah. As sort of, like, a holistic, I don't know, experience, I guess, for somebody who's viewing the work. Definitely, which sounds a lot like like the process of scientific research, but in a more holistic manner, you know, yeah. obviously going out and seeking the information mm. and getting a bit messy to try and investigate it in your own time to then putting together a piece of work that is going to yeah. then communicate it to other people. So it's really amazing you've kind of like mm. inverted it. Yeah, and I, and I was actually resistant to that for a while because mm. I didn't know if I wanted to do this because I'd heard those things growing up. Yes. To the throughout my education, and I was, I felt like that's what I had to do, mm-hmm. or if you know, maybe I was, I was genuinely interested in in this like holistic experience of of trying to communicate a little bit of science through my interpretation of whatever it is I was representing. But again, in the end, I was like, doesn't matter where it comes from. This is what I think is cool right now, so I'm just going to do it, and hopefully, other people can can get something from viewing the artwork or like seeing that other material. Definitely. I think yeah. that's the most important part. Sometimes those things can be brought up to your attention and you're kind of like, well, I feel like I have to do it. But mm-hmm. if it keeps playing on you, sometimes it's beneficial to follow it. Because yeah, it's yeah. like, <laughs> it might be out of annoyance at first, but then it can also just be like this, like perfect little morsel of information yeah, yeah. to take your practice to the next element. Like, have you found that you've you've got a lot of enjoyment now from doing this next phase of the work and adding yeah. this explanation? I feel like it feels more meaningful. Yeah, I think maybe there is a little bit, a small part of me who does find enjoyment in communicating a little bit of the science. Yeah, I think I do want somebody looking because because the stuff that I've been making is a little bit abstract. So if you just look at it, you might not know what it's about, and that's okay. You don't have to know what an artwork is about to enjoy it. You don't have to know exactly what the artist was thinking, or you can just enjoy the work. You know. Yeah. Um, but. I think because of my background in science and science like communication, I do I do feel like that it does feel really meaningful mm. to me to like 
make those additional things um, or like material. So it just feels to me like I, f- I feel like I'm putting more out of the science into the work and hopefully people will get more out of looking at it or engaging with it. Well, definitely. Yeah. I can say I've been on your website and I've yeah. looked at your works and I've seen all of those little bits of information that have explained the science. I've really enjoyed it. I've been quite fascinated first mm. by looking at the work and then seeing an explanation by it and then re-looking at it. It gives mm. me like another depth of experience within it. Yeah. So definitely I can. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Because it's, no, it's, really <laughs> it's, it's creative in itself. It's like you've got these like two practices within yeah. the one now that are ultimately reaching the goal that mm. you really wanted to do, which is communicate the ideas. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really interested. We, we mentioned really briefly uh, just before we started recording about being like a perfectionist with your work. Yes. <laughs> What's your experience with perfectionism? Because I've recently spoken to a perfectionist like expert ah. and so now I'm really curious to hear other people's experiences. <laughs> you can tell me what, what they said. Absolutely. And, um, <laughs> heal all my traumas. Um, I, yeah, I think it's to do with just wanting everything to look right and be perfect and look exactly the way that I want and represent exactly what I think. And a part of getting over that was just like accepting like, oh, no, this is okay. It's valid. It's good work. Um, and it all, even if it doesn't end up being the final artwork, it's still like a useful thing that I try to do. So so now I, I, I do get through that, like I said, through just being like, everything's valid. It's okay. I can just try something. Um, this is my representation of something and it doesn't have to be like absolutely. Yeah. So I have to try and separate out the science a little bit from the art. So when I am like working on my art, it is inspired by the science, but I'm an artist. Like I have to remind myself, remind myself that I'm an artist in the studio. I need to think like an artist and I need to focus on my own interpretation of something. And swapping of, out the hats, isn't it? Yeah. You gotta know which which version of yourself you are yeah. in that very moment. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit hard sometimes, but yeah. it's okay. It's it's manageable. Um yeah, I think something that's also helped a lot is because I still get I still get a little bit like if I'm brainstorming an idea, like a, like for an artwork, a new artwork, hmm. sometimes I do get in the ah, you know, should it be this way or this way or I'm not sure which way to go. So something that I do now is I think a lot about like experimentation mm, as in like it. just do something small, like a smaller version of the artwork or something to explore like a pathway. Um, and if it doesn't work, it's fine. It's just practice. That's it. It doesn't have to be the, it doesn't have to be the final piece. So it's okay. And that's something that's helped a lot. So I just think a lot of, about little experimentations. I'll do this or I'll do that. And I'll explore like, try this material or try this other thing. And that helps me do something and get going with the process yes. of creative making instead of just being stuck. I absolutely <laughs> loud and clear. It's amazing yeah. that you've said that because it's really funny. I spent a lot of money buying all these like incredible canvases and all these incredible paints and uh, then I set it up and then I just like <laughs> – absolutely shat myself I was like everything is so expensive if I do it wrong this is like literally like oh, a financial even, disaster don't even talk to me about the expenses I try not to think about that right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have to ruin this canvas yeah paint over it it's exactly okay. <laughs> exactly yeah, but that's really important I love that that's really cool yeah. that's really really cool um 
tell me about like your, your actual practice yourself. So like when, when you're creating mm. and because you have um, this juxtaposition of the, the two ideas, you've got the science mind that's like trying to creep up on you and tell you to make it perfect. And the artist mind that's like wanting you to be like free and flowy and yeah. explore. <laughs> what are the sorts of practices that you do when you're in your space and you're arriving mm. and you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to start today. I'm going to put this piece together. Are you like, you get a, you get a coffee with you. You got a, you got mm. something with you. What are you doing? I usually listen to music. Nice. I, I do like to do things in solitude. Like when I'm making my art, I don't usually talk a lot about it. Like I don't with other people. Yeah, yeah. Sort of, I'm just in my own studio, like my own room, um, just thinking about what I want, what idea do I want to present, how do I want to do it, um, and then I just do that. So I usually listen to music, or sometimes I'll have like a movie playing on in the background. Oh, that's nice. As like a form yeah. of entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> Um, especially if I'm like halfway through something and I'm, I'm just make, in the making process. Yes. So that's a little bit different to brainstorming. Sometimes when I'm brainstorming, I need a little bit of motivation yeah. to do it. <laughs> so sometimes I'll sit in a coffee shop and I'll just let people watch while I think. Because yes. I feel like I need to be in a state of just my, – my mind needs to be – my thoughts need to be flowing. I'm just sort of sitting there, letting it calm, thinking, writing things down. I love – I know this is very cliche, but I love having an art book and I write down, like I physically brainstorm. Yeah, beautiful. So I'll usually start out with a scientific idea. So I'll break down like, what is it? What are the main components of that scientific idea? What's something that I can turn into like a shape or a color or like a form? Um, and then I might sketch out a few like possible ways that I could represent that. Um, and I'll, I'll do this thing where like I'll write my thoughts Mm-hmm. It's, it almost becomes like a diary as well. Beautiful. Like, okay, okay, I think I need to do this or I want to explore this more just as a way of getting out of my head. <laughs> That's a really yeah. important practice, <laughs> definitely. Just, just being like, okay, in my practice, I want to focus more on this. Sometimes you'll see like these paragraphs in my art book of just me thinking to myself. Um, and sometimes I'll do that, like the brainstorming, like I'll go to an art gallery mm-hmm. and then afterwards I'll sit in the coffee shop and I'll do that. Because sometimes oh with the brainstorming, I do need if I, if I haven't been creatively active in a while, I sort of need a little bit of inspiration. So I'll go and look at or do something artsy, and at the end of that, on that same day, I'll do the brainstorming or the thinking. Because then I've just been inspired. Like I've looked at all this amazing art, and I'm like, art is incredible, art is amazing. I should do this more. Definitely. <laughs> so I'll sit there and I'll brainstorm. So that's essentially sort of. Yeah, this is sort of what I go through when I'm trying to come up with something new. I love that. Yeah. It's really important. Um, and especially the last thing you mentioned, I, I spoke that about this a little while ago. Like when you're feeling creatively like empty mm. or lacking the motivation, you've got no energy for it. It's the same thing as, as like your breathing or your food intake. Like you get inspired. So you're breathing in before yeah. you can perspire, yeah. you know, and let it out. Yeah. And so it's like a really important practice as well. If there's – um. Like the like for me, it's like I do the same thing. Like I'll have music on in backgrounds when I'm mm. doing anything, or like TV, or you know, just something. It has to be very specific though. Yeah, you can't just have anything. I remember I was doing I was doing commission painting, and I had the music on that the person who the painting was for loved because I thought, great, I'll just have oh, them yeah. vibrating around <laughs> me. Great, and then it was just on like a YouTube playlist, and as I was like painting, then I started to see, like my my body started changing, and then I like Aww. the colors changed, and I was like. Something's happened. And I turned and I looked and it was on, I don't know, some sort of like heavy metal weird thing. And I was like, I just hadn't even 
clocked it because yeah. I was so immersed in the painting. <laughs> this whole thing has changed. So I had to go like back to the original song, and I was like, "Oh, okay, fine, okay, yeah, we're back," yeah. and then continued the painting. I just found it really funny because it's like, <laughs> like those sorts of things are genuinely so important. They do. I, I found as well not having time pressures. Oh, big one. Yes, like that really helps me yeah. feel good creatively. Yeah, because I have and I, the thing is that I do have a lot of time pressures because you know I'm doing a PhD. Of course, but. On days when I, I, I feel like I sometimes try and have days where I think of as like painting days or art days where I know that like a big part of that day is I want to make art. Yes. So I'll try and make sure that it's not overcommitted in some way because then I just don't feel good. I feel like I need the space and the time to just come up with things or do things naturally. Of course. Instead of just like pushing myself, like I have this two hour window, I have to come up with a new concept, like there's too much. That's okay. way too much. Yeah. The creative brain is like, excuse me, how yeah. dare you? I don't have rules. Yeah. So that's another one as well. So that's a really cool thing to talk about. Like, obviously, you have so many time pressures. Yes. And a lot of people um, that I talk to, like, you know, everyone's always talking about being time poor. Mm. And I try and tell people if you start creating a practice of carving out like five, ten minutes in the morning, at the, in the night, in your mm. lunch break, something, you'll start to expand it out because then you're giving you're giving yourself and the artwork the time to know that it's yeah. it's allowing itself to grow. Like a little plant giving its little food and it's growing. Yeah. How do you or how did you start out carving out that time, especially when they're like legitimate time yes. pressures? Yeah. That's a good one. I'm not always great at this. <laughs> not always. But sometimes like I find it easier to carve out time once I've started something. Yes. That's the other thing about just getting going with something. So once I have a, like a painting in the works and like you said, once you plant the seed, it grows and then you're like, oh my God, this is really exciting. I have this thing that I'm working on. I really want to see it finished. So once that happens, it becomes really easy for me to like, you know, some evenings and like weekends, I'll just be like, but I want to work on my artwork. I don't want to go and do this other thing. I don't want to go out and have fun. I just want to work on this thing. Um, so it does become a little bit easier once I've started something. Yeah. Outside of that, I feel like just whenever I can, when I'm not in the office every day, <laughs> like some evenings and some weekend times, uh, I usually try and dedicate some sort of time towards art, even if it's not just like actually art making. It could be brainstorming. It could be maybe like fixing up my website. It could be posting make or making new content to my Instagram. Yeah. All of that I see as part of like my art practice. Beautiful. That's and, a really And beautiful. some of that is a little bit like easier to do during certain times than the actual physical art, art yes. making process. So I try and have these other elements that I do as well as part of my art practice that are not just painting because um, those are sometimes a little bit easier to fit in in certain time slots <laughs> yeah so because it's an analytical element of the art yeah. practice almost yeah so that makes it easier sometimes to just put in like half an hour and lunch break or like this time or that's it yeah, yeah. finding a bit of, you, you, I find that you still have to kind of have discipline to do it as well yeah. don't you yeah so it's gonna be like okay I said that today I would go and paint <laughs> I'm going to do it yeah <laughs> gonna do it sometimes you get home and you're like hmm. I'm tired. I'll watch someone else painting on YouTube. <laughs> Operas. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. <laughs> the, only, the only person you should watch painting is Bobra. It's Bobra. <laughs> it would like validate you. Yeah, You're doing well. You're just sitting on the couch. You're doing well, my friend. 
Yeah, oh, that's so great. Oh, that's so great. So normally I'm I'm saying I'm really enjoying asking people about what their shit job is, like which is the job that you're doing. It doesn't even have to be a legitimately crappy job, but the job that isn't the thing that you want to do. But obviously you were working at the observatory and that was one of your dream jobs. Yeah. So my question to you with that is obviously if you were a tour guide in there and you were working with a lot of the public, yeah. have you found that the exposure to the people and to the public has also helped inspire your art and your science practice? I think it did a little bit in the sense that it taught me to be um, more aware of different, like, different needs yeah. almost. So when I started my PhD ANU, um, I am part of the Centre of Excellence for Dark Matter Research and they have a sort of an outreach program. So they're very interested in like being engaged with the general public. So when I was at Sydney Observatory in my undergrad, I worked a lot with like school groups mm-hmm. and like f- groups with like families yeah. and with, with like young children and I always really enjoyed that. So when um, I started my PhD, um, we sort of took my light art painting, my art light photographs that I made which are on my website and we sort of created like a, um, an activity for essentially anyone but it was mostly aimed at like young children so how do you create those things or these like photographs at home on your own? Yeah. With sort of accessible materials. Like just find a glass, an interesting glass that you've got at home. Do you have a torch? Just like a torch or a light source. You know, do you have this or that? Do you have like a bit of paper mm-hmm. and a pencil and yeah. scissors? You know? Um, so Coming in, I was, I, you know, put my hand up to do some more outreach work with the centre and I thought this is really interesting. In. And then we had a few discussions and then we decided this is something that would be really cool for young children or just school kids to do. It's like how do you make your own science art yeah. in a very accessible way? And I do think that's something that, like overall, because I was in the observatory for a few years, I think that's something just... Over time, I naturally started thinking more about how do you in, how do we engage different kinds of people. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was really interested in like how do I engage children and kids? Yeah, because I really love their energy. Yeah. <laughs> and I love like working with them. So I I do think in a way it has influenced like the kind of um, like science communication through art that I've done. Yeah. Not just the paintings, but these sort of activities where th- through the center, you know, I ended up making this video that was sort of like, how do you create your own works? And I showed people like, this is the materials that you need. This is the different ways that you can make this light art photograph. And then you can just take a photo when, on with your phone and then you can just print yeah. it and you've got something really pretty. And it, it's all based on like glasses and refraction and light bending, which is a sort of a scientific thing, but it's it's also just very like playful and experimental, and and people can just try different materials and see what kind of shapes they get. Yeah. So that's something that I, if maybe I didn't have that background, I wouldn't have been more receptive to the opportunity that came up to do it. Definitely. Because then I was like, oh yeah, no, I'm really interested in this. This is really cool. This is never not something that I ever thought of doing. Like when I was leaving um, my undergrad, I was just thinking. But a science art practice, I'm making physical artworks. But all that other stuff that came with it, like the science communication or the materials or making this video for kids, is just something that came, just just an opportunity that came up. Yeah. And I thought, oh my God, I do think I have some skills that I can use to do make this thing happen. And once I made that video, and that was like about two years ago, I think that then opened up avenues of like, 
oh, that's really cool. Like that I can actually make more materials that are sort of science art based. Yeah. On top of my art. It's not just like the painting that I'm making or the, the photograph that I'm taking. It's there's this whole other world of we can bring this to the general public a little bit more. And maybe that's why I actually inspired my like site art bites and the videos that I was making of okay, but how can I explain the science or how can I engage people or like put out material that's interesting? So I do think, yeah, in a way, it definitely did help. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why I like asking the question because it yeah. doesn't matter what you're doing, it's it's, it's going to be helping yeah, you practice yeah, yeah. or do something in some <laughs> sort of way. Definitely. That's fantastic. How interesting. How cool was it working at the observatory? It was so cool because it was yeah. my dream job. Yeah. But I think I mentioned that in my application. I was like, it's been my dream or, I don't know, I said some like really cheesy thing. Um, I was like, oh, my love for science is stronger than intimate, like, love bonds. I don't know. Ah. <laughs> That's so great. What a pickup line. <laughs> you know, like, cover letter. <laughs> so embarrassing. That's so good. What a loser. <laughs> I got the job. <laughs> it worked. That's fantastic. I was really, like, I really wanted that job. Oh, my God. So much. That's and I great. I think it came through in my application. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> She's writing his love poems. Okay. <laughs> kind regards, Ragdoll. Oh, that's the best. Yeah. Okay, we're going to do the next um, little bit now. So, obviously, I asked you what your superpower you would like yes. to have because I like to draw people. So, if you don't know, like my journey with creativity has been one filled with all sorts of issues mm. and problems. So, my journey back to it and sharing the work is one of the things I had problems with. So, this is like part of my practice right. to start sharing it. Yes. Why did I choose drawing portraits of people, which is the hardest thing in the world to do and <laughs> offers so many problems? I don't know. Um, but so what I like to do is to draw people with their um, superpower. Can you please tell us what the superpower was that you chose and why? Uh, so my superpower uh, was the ability to have conversations with just anyone that are alive about anything that I wanted. Um, and I think that's because... I think there's so much knowledge and wisdom that I could get from people that I would really love to have so I can improve my practice and my life. <laughs> Seeking mentorship. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> from definitely. the dead and the alive. Definitely. Anyone. Anyone <laughs> would give me any mentorship. I'd gladly have it. <laughs> well, um, I, I went with the obviously the, the dead ones because that's a lot okay. harder. <laughs> so that's definitely more the superpower. Um <laughs> And I, I just chose a couple of like key people, key artists, <laughs> key scientists, <laughs> physicists. I thought maybe you'd like to talk to these guys. Here you go. Oh my god! Oh my god, that's actually so cool. Are you are you gonna send this to me? Yeah, definitely. Are you gonna sign it? I can. Yeah. <laughs> gonna get it I've well. never signed it. This is so good. This looks like me. Oh my god. Yeah, that's you. They're green. Yeah, because they're dead. Are they aliens? <laughs> they're dead. Look, they're sewn together. It's like a Frankenstein. Oh. Are dead people green? No, like Frankenstein vibes. Okay, I see. Fun times. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually looking at that. This is really. Oh my God. I was actually like Googling earrings, cool paint earrings the other day. So we should get these made for you? 100%. Okay. I cool. want this. This is actually a nice combination. Maybe I should get that. Yeah. yeah we can make that happen. Myself. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. So good. Yeah, I expect this in my inbox. You will expect. I'm gonna it. print it. You. <laughs> I'm just gonna print it really big and put it where I make my art. I just look at it. Hell yeah! I'll also time. give you a regular skin version. Color okay, if you like. <laughs> the 
<laughs> they look like aliens. They'll still be sewn together. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's cool. I like that. Yay. Um, now, the final thing that we'd like to do is uh, if you could just tell the audiences some sort of homework that they could be doing, something to bring their art practice to life or their process or something like that. What can people do? I guess the biggest one, which is something that I briefly talked about, is just try and do a little micro projects of whatever your tr- your goal project, big project is. So just like explore this one material or like draw a sketch of something or go shopping and pick out the materials that you want for mm. something that you want to do. Um, because like I said, I really find that that as long you just need to get your creative practice rolling. Once it's rolling and once you're making something, you will figure out in the end what you want to do, like what the right thing is for you to do. But you just have to do it. So that's my way of doing it is just doing little experimentations, trying this, this or that. And then I feel better about everything. And I'm just like, yeah. And it gives people, I think, uh, the creative liberty to like just explore and, and make choices yes. from like a space of, just like from a space of, like feeling okay and with your practice and confident and a non-judgmental, I think this is a non-judgmental space. Mm-hmm. So this is would be my homework is just doing little things to get yourself rolling that will contribute to big projects, whatever it is that you're making. And hopefully it will be okay. Yeah. It will, definitely. <laughs> you got to just, yes. whatever it is, don't make the, don't leave the canvas wide. Yeah, don't no. leave the page with just, no letters on it. Just do something. Just something, anything. I love that as well. Even if you go buy something, it's like that. It's like that theory of like you need people to have their skin in, have a bit of skin in the game. Put your own skin in your own game, isn't it? Just do something and then you'll feel inspired. (laughs) And you'll feel okay. And do you have any last notes you'd like to tell the world about art and science and their importance? They're both so amazing, so cool. Try and learn about both of them if you can. And and there are thinking, um, there's lots of ways of thinking in both that are actually really useful. You, know, you don't have to become a great artist. You can just do it to try and understand a little bit more of that different way of thinking because it can be useful in everything. And the same with science. There's ways of thinking in science that um, it's good to learn about because you could use that in like a lot of different areas and fields. So try and learn about both. And the intersection is cool. And support science artists. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do, do you have any um, recommendations for someone who just say they're interested in the sciences Where's a good place for them to go to start the journey of like looking into it? Any YouTube channels, any, you know, websites, any people? I mean, there are a lot of, there are actually a lot of science communicators online. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I think TikTok is now. No way. Yeah. Oh my God. TikTok's in everything. Like there are actually, I've heard of like some science, um, some science communicators just like blowing up on TikTok and making videos. This is like very real. That's I think, amazing. I think if you just Google like science communicators to talk or okay, that's um, cool. even Instagram. There are yeah, so great. many. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming Hi. in. I really appreciate having you and I'm really excited to see more of your works. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No worries. <laughs> Thanks for getting weird with me. If you liked the episode, please subscribe and leave a review. And if you really liked the episode, consider signing up to the Patreon where you can help me help you. You'll get early access, uncut episodes, bonus episodes, and some other cheeky extras that you'll have to check out. You can find it at patreon.com forward slash Hannah Sainty. Now let's be more creative and less strung out. And remember that you're weird because being normal is really boring.